Hello, everyone, and welcome to Job Board Geek. It's the podcast about the business of connecting candidates and employers. I'm Jeff Dickey Chasen, the Job Board Doctor. I am your host, and here with me today, I have the inquisitive Stephen Rothberg of College Recruiter. He's the co-host. Hey, Stephen, how are you doing? I am good. I'm ready for my. I'm ready for my quiz, Jeff. Quiz curiousness. <laughs> you know, you, you look kind of like a little chipmunk going back and forth there. So. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think I'd say that, did you? Today, we're really lucky because we have with us Martin Lenz of Jabico. He's going to be talking about where he came from and what Jabico is all about. But first, I wanted to chat just a little bit about something that I saw in a couple of different places, most recently in the AIM group. And this is about what's going on in Russia. And no, it's not actually about the war per se, but it's about what's going on in Russia's parliament. They are opposing an amendment to essentially clamp down on classifieds, internet advertising, and oddly enough, outdoor advertising as well. And this is kind of, <laughs> as they say in the article, the proposal seems to have a poor understanding of how the ad market actually works, which mm. doesn't surprise me since there are politicians trying to get involved. But it sort of raised in, in my mind a desire to talk to you about it because we've seen in both on both sides of the Atlantic an interest in regulating both social media, but also our industry, the job board industry, for various reasons. And, you know, historically in North America, it's been very lightly regulated, if at all. And GDPR in Europe was really the first attempt to sort of get in there and start and start putting some teeth into what's going on, you know, with, for example, with Google. Google has paid millions and millions of dollars in fines. Uh, Facebook has too. I think I just saw recently that, that Google's paid some more. And we have a bunch of job board folks that are up in arms about this as well. Job Index is up in arms against Google and has raised complaints um, to the EU about what they do. And so this sort of raises the larger question for me of what we can expect in our industry about you know, this kind of regulation. I mean, some sometimes I get asked by my clients, you know, oh, I, I'm going to be operating in the EU. What should I do about, you know, my my privacy regulations? And I'll, I just say, you know, follow the rules from GDPR. Don't break the rules and you'll be fine. If you break the rules, then, you know, you're going to get sued at some point. Someone is going to, you know, a competitor or someone else is going to go after you. In the US, it's a little fuzzier. It's hard to say what's really going to happen. But I, I guess, Stephen, what's your take on this particular range of issues, particularly since you are a recovering lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to say re fully recovered, but um, as we both know, recovering is probably more accurate. So I hadn't heard of this until you sent the the um, AIM Group um, report article to me, and I thought it was really interesting. My take on it was a, was a little bit different. I don't disagree with you that it has a lot of privacy implications. Mm -hmm. My take on it was that it was a reflection of, of the rise of authoritarianism yep. and that this isn't really a issue about Russia. This is an issue that many, maybe most countries are struggling with right now with the rise of far left or far-right authoritarians that they are threatened by the media. Unlike an individual that you can throw in prison, you can have killed, you can inject with plutonium, you know, any number of bad things, you can't do any of those things to a media company. Mm -hmm. But what you can do to control
control a media company is to control their revenue. And so my read on this is it's an effort by the state of Russia to further control their media companies. I don't really see it as a privacy because of the inclusion of things like billboard advertising. Like Mm -hmm. nobody's going to a billboard and typing in their personal information, you know, unlike an online classified, you know, kind of site. So, you know, in this country, we just endured, I think is the best way I can describe it, uh, a president that repeatedly called the media um, enemies of the of the people. Mm hmm. And repeatedly called for them pretty mainstream outlets like CNN to be shut down. I don't think it's a far stretch to go from that to what the proposal is in the Duma, in the Russian parliament. In fact, I think it's a smarter approach. If you're going to control the media companies, calling them the enemy of the people is not as effective as cutting off their revenue streams, or at least controlling their revenue mm-hmm. streams. It's it's very dangerous. And very scary that one of the world's largest and strongest countries is potentially going to control its media that strongly. And yeah, it absolutely has been done before, without a doubt. If you've got, um, if you're trying to do things that you don't want people to know about, you don't want the media talking about it. That's for sure. Well, we're talking about it, but I'm not sure how many people are actually listening to it right now. But anyway, to go off into another direction, a more cheerful direction, a more entertaining direction, I want to welcome to Job Board Geek our guest today, Martin Lenz of Jobico. Hi, Martin. How are you doing? Hi, good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, we're glad that you're here. Um, I wanted to start off by asking you how you actually got into the job board industry, because I'm pretty sure that you were not trained from birth to be someone that was going to be running a job board software company. Am I right? It's a long story, but I will try to keep it short. Yeah, thanks a lot for the question. And thanks again for having me. So uh, I actually I have a computer science background. So I used to be a developer and I started working as a web developer in the early 2000s, like when there was a big excitement for the dot com bubble, Mm -hmm. uh, or just around the time when the dot com bubble uh, happened. And I, uh, I, I programmed basically all kind of platforms. I, we built our own uh, news portals and uh, content management systems and so on. And by doing that already in 2007, uh, I met the founder of Jobico and I worked together with him. So at that time I was a developer and he was actually running a job board in uh, Central Europe. It, it was a graduate job board for different kind of like uh, niches in the, like for different kind of graduates and uh, apprenticeships. And uh, I, I was I was basically building a solution for um, matching and taxonomies and like semantic systems. So at that time, AI was not a, a, such a big thing as, as now, but uh, we already started with building the first principles of what we now see also in our solution. After like a year of working with uh, Klaus, so his name is Klaus, uh, I decided to uh, start in a large corporate to grow a lot of experience. So I was going to Accenture, uh, which is now one of the largest IT uh, consultancies and management consultancies in the world. Because of my time back at the job board, I was actually deployed very quickly to the labor market space. So Mm -hmm. I was consulting governments uh, all across uh, Central Europe in how to build job boards and job matching platforms. So it, it kind of it kind of stayed in my in my in my zone, but I was not only focused on that. But I I, I was basically collecting a lot of experience in like how to scale up and run large teams and do uh, 
all kind of software integrations and migrations. So all kind of maybe boring stuff for the web for the web community, but it actually happened that I uh, was spending some time in, in, in the US, actually in New York City, when I did an, uh, an MBA studies, like uh, a post, so-called postgraduate studies. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I kind of felt, okay, there's something more I need to do. So I was, I was taking a lot of entrepreneurship classes and tech innovation classes, met a lot of, a lot of new people. And I was getting back to to Austria in early 2016, and Klaus, the founder, he he reached out to me and said, "Hey, how are you? Welcome back. We want to talk." And he actually <laughs> showed me where, what you built over the of the last couple of years, and I said, "Like, wow, that's that's amazing." Uh, and then he he asked me, "Well, you want to join?" So it it was a process of about like one year of due diligence and investing and and and, and doing uh, like finishing projects in my with my old employer. And it's now exactly five years ago that I started with Chovico, and we grew the company from six people to now more than 50 people so uh we are trying to help businesses all around the world to run job boards and we we are more motivated than ever to do that and uh, i think uh, I, i'm always like i think jeff your your resources your blogs they were always one of my first go-to pieces when i started to uh to investigate like where is the market at mm-hmm. and uh, i recently recently you sent a newsletter and i uh, on the newsletter i found a, a a comment from from me back from 2017 and I, I felt it was quite accurate where the market was developing so it was quite <laughs> funny to see that one of one of the things uh that has just I've always been struck by Jabaco is is all of the conversations that I've had with with you personally, Martin, and other people on your and your clients, uh, current clients and former clients, is you have this. It seems like it's embedded in your DNA to be very collaborative, very consultative. Whereas some of the other, let's call them job board in a box solutions, it's more of a we're a round hole, you're a square peg you need to become round in order to fit into our infrastructure. It kind of got me to thinking when um, Jeff arranged for you to, to come on to, to this podcast that I suspect that Jobico has almost like a matrix of like what job boards are a good fit for us. New, long-term job boards, um, small, medium, large. So, you know, for the listeners, if they're running or thinking of creating a job board, they just launched a job board, or they've had one that's been around for years and years, or they're very small or very large, like what kinds of job boards are a good fit for a, for not just a job code, but just outsourcing the, the, the technology? Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but we always considered ourselves as being trusted advisors. So uh, especially, so Jobico is a, we would call it a high touch software solution. So it's very powerful and uh, there comes a lot of responsibility with using such a powerful platform. So we, we, we always had the aim of like, we want to make sure our customers really can do what they want to do with the platform. So who is our perfect customer? So I would say organizations that want to scale their business and uh, actually 
uh, actually it doesn't necessarily need to be a business case that you have. You can also have a service case. So we're typically working with newspapers, publishers, associations, universities, and, but we also work with nonprofit organizations. So you could also have like a service case. But we found our sweet spot, especially with the newspapers and publishers of this world and media brands who want to adapt quickly and who want to drive change in the market. So basically we are very working very closely with our customers. So it's not a solution where you just enter your credit card and then you do everything yourself. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of knowledge that you can find in our FAQs and, and onboarding uh, and, and so on. But still, we, we, we like to work together with our customers. We are kind of excited of what our customers are doing. And uh, we are now running job boards in 20 countries globally. So we also need to have this wow. core interest in understanding what the differences are. And, and, and you, started, you started the podcast with talking about regulation and maybe compliance. And what we figured out quite quickly, there, uh, we are a, a software company headquartered in Austria. We have people in across 12 countries working with us, but we immediately figured out, well, there is not this just one way of running a job board. There's different mm -hmm. ways of running a job board. And one of the reasons is also compliance. Like there's different compliance regulations in different markets. So you need to be adaptable and you need to you need to understand what the customer really needs and you need to guide the customer in like how you how the customer can use the the platform to um, to to someone's advantage so so this is why i think we we always focused on being trusted advisors and also learned how to say no like there is so much you could do with the platform because it's flexible but over the time we learned like focusing more on our product and a product market fit so this is really something we call it the product led growth of a company and we were we were getting better and better, but we are learning and learning. And uh, I learned from you, like I learned from Stephen's presentations, not just in the US but also in Europe about how programmatic will uh, change the market, things like that. I think as long as you always have one part of your brain on the learning and one part of your brain on like finding the right solution, uh, because you also need to like tell the customer well maybe it's better like this and that but don't stop listening this is kind of how we were growing the company and this is how i believe our customers value a lot martin i i'm kind of curious one of the things that has historically set jabico apart from a lot of your competitors is the fact that you guys are open source can you tell me why did you guys decide to do that and how do you think that benefits the customers yeah so basically we built on open source platforms but uh, the majority of our stack that we now have we built uh, in a proprietary way uh, mm -hmm. so for example our search and match technology it's a proprietary solution but it's integrated and we used the open source platforms as an accelerator for building what we wanted to build and it also goes back historically a little bit because we used to be more like an agency like a software agency so we used to work with customers just on demand and whatever the customer needed we would just like build it on top of the open source stack now we're more and more transitioning to a real product company and and, and we did this we, we started with this shift basically four to five years ago and we're doing very well so we basically see ourselves as a software as a service product that comes with a lot of core features but also more and more ability to configure and sometimes also customize to the needs of the customer so they really like our customer can really drive change in the market or be successful in the market because our customers also have 
with competitors and they want to try out new products, things like that. So this is this is how we evolve. But changing this mindset from like just doing everything like just the customer says versus thinking about a good product, it took us a long way because it's a diff. As you said in the beginning, we are very like guiding our customers, but we also we we want to. We want to help our customers. So if a customer has a request, we want to fulfill the request. And I think that's actually a great thing. So first of all, this is a great thing. You also need to think about the, the overall picture. And, and this is basically the product and the product offering you have. And, uh, and, and the product offering evolves over time. So job boards are slightly changing. I think there is yet not that revolution. So I, at least I didn't see it yet. I think it's a quite, it's a quite, uh, incrementally changing market. So maybe we can talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But other than that, uh, I think we're now on the right way of changing the way people find jobs online with our platform. So we never, we, we have never been a, a very outgoing company. So we always like to be the, the tech guys. And mm-hmm. uh, by doing this, by doing this, you sometimes miss the opportunity to start the conversation. So I would say we're starting conversations more often than we used to do like five years ago. And that's a good thing. So you touched on this. And so why don't you expand a little bit? What what do you think is going on in terms of the evolution of job boards? Because, you know, I've been talking for a while about how, you know, the, the concept of the traditional job board that's just out there and they're, all they do is they offer a paper post and a simple search and that's it. You know, that I don't see that much anymore with startups, even simple startups, they tend to be what I call a hybrid model, where they're offering a couple of different things. They offer they often offer things that go a little bit deeper into the hiring process than traditional job boards uh, did. But I don't know. What, do you, what are you seeing, Martin? Back in 2019, we, we started to sum up a little bit the different business models that we see in the in the job board space. We called it the job board model playbook. You can download mm-hmm. it uh, on our website. But basically, it also um, like there's the we're also talking about the hybrid model that you that you just said mm-hmm. um i think it depends a little bit on which market geographically you're looking at if you simplify mm-hmm. it a lot uh everything comes from the us goes through the uk and then it may end up in in europe or the rest of the world and there is things adapting quickly and there, there's things adapting very slowly mm-hmm. so i think the market changed dramatically in the US if you compare it to what happened actually in Europe. So we were more concerned about integrating and complying with the GDPR than to think about new ways of, of business models on, on job boards. So I think we're I think it's a it's an it's a good thing and an important thing to empower the individual and think about things like GDPR. But at the same time it kind of got us thinking more about that, more about the compliance part, less about the new business models. And uh, and it really depends. So we have Customers that are still like in the very like traditional print-based advertising world, and you f- you try to find integration to the online world, and you basically integrate your print ads to the to the job boards. Mm-hmm. So that's one part of what we do. But then we have customers who backfill millions of jobs, who want to run only programmatic ad campaigns, uh, want to drive clicks on every single uh, job, and have a very short turnaround time in like getting new content on the site. So it's very data-driven. It's very like volume scaling. Uh, so this is what we see more in the US. 
And I think this is the, the current the, the current step in the evolution of the job board is that you think more about what can you do with the data? What can you do uh, with what you see, uh, what is happening on your job board? Explaining recruiters what is actually a good KPI to look at, like how many clicks do you want to have on a job? How many applications? What's the cost of application? What's the cost of hiring? I think looking at those KPIs, it becomes more and more obvious that this is important, but it takes time to really make the end users of your products understand that this is actually important. And why, why, why is it that way? I think recruiting is a very people savvy industry. So it's all about getting in touch with people and, and, and working with people. So it's not just plain tech. And if you think about that, it also means that it takes, the processes take longer. Like you, you, you take your time interviewing someone, you interview many candidates for a job. And after a couple of weeks, like at least in Europe, you make a selection and then you want to hire someone and you want to make these people stay. Well, uh, and if you now come to a recruiter and say, well, uh, there's this new performance-based ad and I can get you a much better cost per click or a cost per application, it's overwhelming because mm -hmm. like three months from now, a different provider could have the leading cost per application than now. So it's it's a very quickly evolving market. It's all about digital marketing and how like, just look at the cost per uh, the, the CPCs and the CPMs that you get on Facebook, for example. You need to you need to really dive into this into this topic and make yourself familiar with it. Otherwise, you're just overwhelmed. And I think that's the reason why still it takes longer than expected uh, to uh, for especially also for programmatic ads and performance based marketing to establish in the recruitment advertising market and the recruitment industry itself, but it's there. So there is there is an anchor there and everybody knows that you need to think about that and, and systems and platforms need to be able to handle that. If you can solve every problem in the market with that, we don't know. So there is there is uh, use cases that work very well with programmatic, high volume uh, recruitment mm -hmm. uh, and like large scale ad uh, advertising perfectly well. And then you maybe search this one specific person in an area where there is almost no talent. So maybe it's easier to find a different way to get to this candidate. And uh, I, I see this as, as the fun in like working with our customers. So how do, what's their idea to, to, to help employers find people? What's their idea to like, how do they want to approach the candidate? What, do they just want to have the newest content every day? And like you have a thousand new jobs every day or a hundred thousand jobs every day. Are you actually establishing a relationship and trying to engage with candidates? And that's that sounds so simple, but it's it's not easy because most of the choppers think transactional. So you you you, you get a, a job ad and you drive a, a click or a conversion, and that's it. But what is the what is the engagement with the candidate? So this is I think something that is missing. And as soon as we have this challenge solved, I think that also performance based marketing in our space will grow much faster because there's more trust in solutions and products like that. I think there is a big uh, there's a big uh, still a big fear of automation, machine learning, AI. So when I'm at like conferences talking about that, there's also like a big fear, like will it replace all the human beings in the process? And what is what is if, if, the, if the machine is biased and things like that? So I think there is a lot of fear still uh, from, um, like and concerns around this new tech, but it's it's continuously evolving. It's been the story of all of our lives that you can, you can worry about the tech, you can embrace the tech, but it kind of doesn't matter. The tech's just going to keep growing and expanding 
ending. But <laughs> well, well, listen, Martin, I think that's probably a good place to, to leave this conversation. Uh, we're running out of time, but um, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. And if any of the listeners want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Best way is to go on www.jobico.com. That's J-O-B-I-Q-O.com or download our playbook on jobico.com slash playbook. And people can always reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm very responsive on LinkedIn, kind of a LinkedIn addict. So I've been Martin Lenz on LinkedIn and Jovico. You will find me and can connect with me. So I'm happy to connect with each and everyone who wants to have a conversation. That's great. That's great. Well, well, thanks again. And uh, Stephen, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? You can just shoot me an email, Stephen at college recruiter.com. And Martin, I want to really thank you for bringing the conversation at the end back to the human because whether the whether it's duration-based, whether it's resume or CV searching, whether it's programmatic, whatever it is, at the end of the day, this is a business about helping people find great new jobs. And if it's hard as a job board operator to remember that at times. But the more you remember that, the better your business will be. Yes. Words of wisdom from Stephen Rothberg. I said he was <laughs> inquisitive, but I believe he's gotten philosophical at the end of this show. So anyway, that's, that's it for this episode of of job board geek be sure to subscribe via rss feed or apple or spotify or whatever and again my name is jeff dickey chasens i'm the job board doctor and i'm glad that you've been listening to the only podcast that focuses on the business of connecting candidates and employers that's it for today see you again next time